Welcome back to the Adventure Mechanic side quest, and once again, it's just me, Chandler. I'm using this audio format to push myself to complete one of my prototype games and have it ready for a larger release. Last time, I said I would have the prototype ready for you to look at. I made it through most of my pre-production goals, but ran into a few snags along the way. I did make it through the art mock-up for both representing the map and player avatar in the overall space. Once I was done with that, I started looking for my previous code base to springboard off of. To my horror, I couldn't find the original source code for the mapper. I only had a compiled version of my entry. That meant I had to start from scratch on it. I was able to recreate the basic movement of the player quickly. I even added a little bit of polish where the player will shift in the center of the screen a bit as they move around. I reached feature parity with the jam entry version and added objects that spawn in the tile that the player can collide with. The map portion of the prototype pushed me into a desert of redesign, however. I realized that in my original game design, I limited the size of the play area, meaning the player started on an edge and eventually hit the other side of the map. This ended up being in direct conflict with the game design I wrote out for pre-production, so I had to stop looking at the old compiled version of my game jam and start working towards my plan design. I wrote the map to accommodate any arbitrary size of, you know, existing map. Moreover, the map that I wrote pulls double duty and handles both the meat space and the map space with no code duplication. I'm pretty proud of that fact. This ended up taking a lot longer than I expected though. I did end up with a much more flexible design in the end, but it meant that the month I budgeted for this prototype went right out the window. It forced me to decide whether I was comfortable with sacrificing my original timeline I had envisioned and keep moving forward with what I have currently. Since I'm terrible at decision making of this caliber until it's far, far too late, I ended up just adding features to my prototype and making that decision unintentionally. The other thing that this meant was that I didn't get any of the art assets completed for this prototype. All of it is blocks and text. Sure, I have the mocks that I made, but they are cobbled together from assets pulled from OpenGameArt.org or existing copyrighted games. That won't do if I plan on showing this to anyone. Moreover, I don't want to introduce the possibility of missing those assets later and having them sneak into my final product. That sort of potential is something that will keep me up at night with cold sweats if I put copyrighted assets in. I don't want to even flirt with the potential of getting a cease and desist on something I spent so much time on. But enough about my progress, let's get into the topic that I want to talk about today. Feedback. Specifically, issues when getting it. I have tried getting feedback for my games many times over. Over all the games I've shown and tested, I've noticed a few things that reduce the quality of the feedback I'm getting. First, and most common, is the audience I'm getting feedback from is not the audience that would get excited about my game. The second issue I run into is vague feedback. And lastly, I end up getting irrelevant feedback to my game in particular. Let's go over just these three points. The easiest people to get feedback from are your friends and family. I mean, they're right there, sometimes literally. They tend to give you the worst feedback when it comes to your game though. My partner really isn't into top-down mapping games, so she's really not invested in what I'm showing. My family don't really play video games, and they only play a few select board games, so they really don't have a point of reference to compare with what I'm coming up with. And as much as I trust the opinions of my fellow mechanics Devin and Tom, they're not going to give me as hard of an opinion on my work as I really need. For better quality feedback, I'm going to have to search outside my social circle. 
other developers can make decent guinea pigs since they're familiar with the early jank that all prototypes have. Other good playtesters are groups that enjoy playing games in an early state or otherwise rougher than normal. Before the pandemic hit, I was regularly going to protospiel events locally. For those who don't know what uh, protospiel is, it's a gathering of playtesters and designers who spend a weekend playing games in various states of readiness. Some as rough as just paper on, a, uh, on the table, others are all the way through and almost looking like they're ready for release. In my case, all of this was for board games. Another good option is local meetups for game developers, such as an IGDA chapter. I'll throw a link to them in the show notes as well. As for vague feedback, I run into this very often. In many cases, the person giving the feedback isn't sure what to respond to, so they just say, yeah, looks good, with little or no additional feedback. Other times they see something, but they don't really want to hurt my feelings or insult my work, so they end up just sugarcoating it to the point of it being useless. Both of these are supremely unhelpful. If you're going to grow as a developer, you're going to have to get comfortable with prying out those little details from people like this. Sometimes, when you're asking for feedback, it's worded too broadly. Questions such as, how do you like it, and what do you think, aren't enough for your playtesters to really latch on to anything particular. You need to ask some more probing questions, especially in the areas you're looking to have them really look at. In the instance of the prototype I have for the mapper, questions that would be more helpful for me would be about the controls. Since I have not implemented any of the artwork or audio, questions about the feel of the game aren't really going to help me get useful responses. The guiding questions that you want to be asking will put a highlight on certain mechanics, but not bias the answers. So in looking for feedback on controls, I wouldn't want to ask, were the map controls awesome? In that question, I'm trying to bias the response towards a positive comment. That's not going to help me get honest feedback. I'm not going to go over biasing questions, but just be aware of it as you craft the questions for your playtesters. The last issue I commonly run into is people giving quote-unquote advice on how to improve my game, or worse yet, advice on how to change my design to match something that they had in mind. Don't get me wrong, suggestions on how to improve the overall feel or change of a mechanic for the better should absolutely be taken. The type of advice I'm talking about here is more along the lines of, hey, I like your game about mapping, but it would be a lot cooler if it was a game about fighting like Diablo. Not only is this not helping my design, it's actively pulling my design away from the core that I've so painstakingly put together. The most input that this gives is that the person giving it wasn't really interested in the design. That may be useful, especially if the person represents a group that, you know, I want to appeal to, but more often it's just not going to be worthwhile to implement their ideas. This only scratches the surface of the, on the topic of feedback, though. There's a whole field of study on it, and I'm not an expert in it by any means. This is just my personal experience when I've tried to get it for my games. If you've ran into issues as well and want to either talk about it or have me talk about it in a future podcast, reach out and leave me a comment. I'd love to hear your experiences with playtesting. But in the interest of getting feedback as early as possible, because I am a huge proponent of that, I'll be releasing the small mock-up of what I have so far for the map user interface. There won't be anything in terms of gameplay, but I still want input. Hopefully I'm making it obvious that it's almost never too early to get feedback on your design. 
yes, the game is your baby, but unless you're planning to never release it, you're going to have to be comfortable with the idea of people looking at it and occasionally trashing the idea. Although it may be hard to hear, even those who trash it are giving a little nugget of truth, even if it's something as simple as, I'm not your target demographic. The more you have people look at your design, the better the game will become, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Who knows? Maybe they'll even give you that one little tidbit that solves an issue you've been dealing with for far too long. And in the same vein of fast feedback, if you're listening to this podcast around the time of release, OMG Jam 8 is coming up November 6th through the 9th of the year 2020, for those who are listening to it later. I plan on entering into it to scratch that itch for some rapid development. I'm not sure what engine or framework I'm going to be going with, but I'm really looking forward to participating in another jam. I missed out on Ludum Dare 47 and want to push myself with the time crunch one more time. If you haven't given a game jam a try, hey, join me in the OMG jam. It's a fun way to practice, learn, or even just execute on an idea that's been rolling around in your head. Anyway, that's all I have for this episode of the Adventure Mechanics SideQuest. As always, you can reach me on Twitter as at JCSiron, J-C-S-I-R-R-O-N. I'll talk to you next time.